Hey everybody, today we are moving on to Galatians chapter 4 and Paul is still making his case that he's been making all along through, through Galatians that keeping the law for righteousness or as a way to be accepted by God is a bad career choice because it's never going to be. It's an impossible task. And yes, he's been approaching this from many different angles so far. He's been nailing it down in many different layers for our good and for the Galatians' good. But be patient. He's not done yet. There's no cause to be bored with all this because if we just open our hearts, we're going to just see some amazing truths that will help solidify ourselves against um, Satan's attacks on us. Um, and that's what he was providing for the Galatians. Now Paul's about to explain in chapter 4 how we're all under the law before we ever came to Christ. And this is true even if we're not trying to keep the law for righteousness or for salvation. And maybe we just didn't believe in an afterlife or we didn't care. It doesn't matter really. Since we're not under faith, the default is that we're all under the law. Um, in other words, we're all subject to the Creator's Word. His Word is His law, and it oversees us. We are accountable to Him for keeping His words, following His truths. And, and His law must, and it will be satisfied, if not in obedience, then by penalty. And His law says that the penalty of disobedience is death. We've looked at that, and we're going to continue to look at that. Of course, it's clear that we are all sinners. It may sound like at times that the law is against us, but it really is not our enemy. If a doctor is honest and tells you you're sick, his words are not the enemy. In fact, he is the hero. You just need to believe what he says and come to him so he can make you well. And for us, all along, God's word, the law, it's never deceived us. It's, it's only shown us the truth about our sin. It's always pointed us and guided us like a guardian towards faith in Messiah. He's our only hope. It, and it's like the law is always saying, It's not me. I'm only escorting you towards the one who kept the law for you and who was paid the penalty of not keeping the law in your stead. So Paul begins chapter 4 with this example as an analogy. Okay, Galatians 4, 1 and 2. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. So following something similar to what Paul is saying here in his example, consider that the male child of a king in biblical times, before this young prince joined in leadership role with his father, um, or, the, or the role that he would one day inherit, first he would be subject to teachers of all sort, along with strenuous disciplines until that day came when he abandons his self-centered childish ways, and he takes on the mission of the kingdom. This was what his guardians and his teachers were directing him to do all along. They were getting him ready for this. And for us who will come to Christ, even before we're free from the law's hold, 
It's been like our teacher, and it's been instructing us about what is right and wrong, and as it does, it shows us that our heart is bent towards selfishness, and we just won't do the good things that the law teaches. And our conscience agrees, right? We know that we don't love the Lord with all our heart or or our neighbor as ourselves. We can see that we're broken and our feeble attempts to obey God from the heart uh, fails over and over. But when the day arrives and we come to the end of ourselves and we look to the Messiah, he enables us to, to abandon our childish ways and to take on the mission of his kingdom no longer to be under our tutors. And Paul goes on to explain uh, how this is a great gift of love to us in this amazing way that I cannot really fully comprehend. I don't think anyone can or express. But here's how Paul puts it. Verse 3, In the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Um, so we were slaves of worldly things, right? Even as the law kept on letting us know that we were sinning and, and, and giving ourselves to those things of the world, yet we could not break sin's hold. So Paul continues, verse 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are our sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Wow. So, um, in the fullness of time, Jesus was born under the law, So under the law means like you and I, if Jesus broke any of the instructions or the precepts of God's word, he too would suffer the consequences of the law and be paid the wages of his offense. And we've looked at it before, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So sin brings death. And, and um, this death is not a mere physical death, as uh, when a man's spirit leaves his body in death, but it's a spiritual death, which is much worse. For example, when Adam and Eve first sinned, they, they lost fellowship with God. And, and so the Spirit of God, uh, it, it, it left fellowshipping with them, right? It left them in that sense. And later on came the physical death. So breaking God's laws results in God's spirit being separated from man. And later, man's own spirit, he is separated is separated from his own body. So, so those are, are types of death that sin brings. But there was good news, you know, at the right time, Jesus came. The fullness of time, which is a phrase that is something like um, uh, surrounding pregnancy, right? In the ninth month, in the fullness of time, Jesus was born. And he is the good news. And he was promised even right after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. 
he would be our only hope. And so mankind could put their hope in the coming Messiah. And now we put our hope in the Messiah who came. And so Jesus was born under the law to redeem us who are also under the law and have broken it. So how would he do that? I mean, he would never sin in any way. And so the law would have nothing on him. He would not have to die for for any of his own sins. Um, And now Jesus alone was free to willingly be paid the wages of our sin because he had none to pay for. And, And so he would die the sinner's death that we deserved. He bought our freedom from the law. That's what Paul's talking about. He redeemed us from his hold. He rose up from the grave to give us that that same resurrection power so we might live in newness of life. That means that we are no longer slaves to the passions of sin that Paul was talking about back when the law was our tutor. Uh, We have resurrection power over our sin as long as we're walking in the gospel, in the good news, and in step with the Spirit after salvation, we will conquer sin in our life. And we don't have to struggle on our own power to keep the law with our own mindset. So instead of the, the law pointing us to Messiah, now the Holy Spirit keeps um, drawing us back to the gospel in our everyday life so that we can be quickened on a daily basis to to have this resurrection power and joy and peace and forgiveness and, and um, walk in newness of life. In verses 6 and 7, Paul says how we, previously slaves, have been set free. And that reminds me of the children of Israel, right? Uh, when they were freed from slavery in Egypt. They were the nation God had chose as his people. We too have been adopted as sons by the creator of all things. We are his people. We can now address God saying, Abba, Father, which I understand is a a term of endearment. In closing, I want to just look at a, a passage real quickly where Paul is writing about this same thing to the Romans. And uh, then we'll close uh, Romans 3.19. We'll start there. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world might be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So this is just an amazing, incomprehensible, I think, uh, inexpressible even, beautiful thing that Jesus has done for us. And um, we, we spend the rest of our lives 
just uh, learning more about it and internalizing it. I think that's it for today. Father God, you are awesome, Lord. Thank you for your word and your Holy Spirit who awakened us to your beauty and freed us from the law, the wages of our own sin. Thank you that Jesus lived a righteous life for us and imputes his righteousness into us who believe and gives us fellowship with God and acceptance. Thank you for this great love in choosing us, Father. Just um, may we be quickened and motivated and have this great desire to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit and walk in the, the gospel after salvation, Father, so that we may uh, not only have all the benefits of, of being your children in our lives, but that we might be on your mission and bring glory to you uh, and point others to your beauty, Father. Help us to walk in you, and thank you for this great gift. In Jesus' name.